All right, we are back for another wonderful, fantastic episode of the Towing the Line podcast. Yes, it is still called that, so I reckon we're going to settle in for this one. I did have a suggestion this week come through for a new name. Um, I'm going to get it up right now because I I'm talking about the name on my notes. Um, can't remember what it was, what it was, but it was wonderful. The Mindset Manifesto, and I, I heard that and I was like, damn, that's fucking. Like, that rolls off the tongue real fucking nice. But um, I I feel like it limits me to talking about mindset, which I have a lot of things I want to talk about. So, I don't know. But that is a fucking wonderful name. So, I, I, I'd love to call it that. But we're going to settle with toe in the line for now. Anyway, this week was... So, the start of this week was exceptionally challenging for me. I don't know why. I was just in a shit place mentally. Um, I think with the lockdowns and all that kind of stuff going on, I was like, I was just a bit bummed out, a bit flat, uh, as I'm sure a lot of Melbournians are and a lot of people in Sydney are like at the moment. Um, but as the week progressed, it seemed to get better. I had a, so I had a rest day planned for Wednesday um, and then Tuesday I ran with my boy, Ben, Dr. Fat. Um, we ran in the rain in the afternoon. We actually got pretty lucky. Like I managed to snag a video for Instagram as it was hailing. Um, and then pretty much our whole run was, it was wet from the rain before, but we didn't get rained on that much. It was probably only like five or 10 minutes we got rained on. So it looked worse than it was. Uh, finished that. And I was like, bro, I'm so fucking tired. Like this was Tuesday. I was exhausted. I was so keen for my, my rest day on, on Wednesday, got up. Had a day off west. Uh, had a day off training on Wednesday. It was great. And then I have this thing that usually happens to me when I am training and get to the get to a point where I'm really tired. It happens probably once every six six weeks to two two months. And I just whenever I get really really tired, I will sleep in through my alarm on one day, and I just will not have any recollection of turning my alarm off. And that happened to me on Thursday. So I had Wednesday off, and then Thursday morning, I you know, I was lying in bed and because it's the moon's been pretty bright lately, I was lying there and I was like, oh, it's so bright outside. Just go back to sleep. It's probably like 12 o'clock and, um, oh, tangent. So I also don't like checking the time when I'm asleep in bed because I feel like if you check the time, then it stresses you out. Like if you check the time and it's, you know, 2.30 and you know you've got to get up at four, it's like, oh, only an hour and a half. There's no way I'm going to get back to sleep. And then you start stressing about it. Whereas if you don't check the time, for all you know, you could still have, it could be like 12 o'clock or it could be 11 o'clock and you could have a whole night's worth of sleep. So I just choose not to te- check the time normally. So flash forward, I was lying there Thursday morning. I was like, I'm not checking the time because I've checked it the last two nights because it's been bright outside. It's been like 12 o'clock and it hasn't even, you know, I've still got a whole night's sleep. So I was like, I'm not checking the time. I know it's 12 o'clock. This is ridiculous. Um, I'm just going to try and go to sleep. I tried, was there for probably 20 minutes and I was like, oh, fuck. All right, I, I have to get up. I don't care if it's early. I'm just going to get up and go and do my session in the morning because I can't sleep. And I checked the time and it was like six o'clock and I was like, fuck, I've slept in. And I was super bummed out, but I knew, I was like, all right, this was obviously coming because I was bloody tired for like the whole week leading into it. So I was wrapped. I ended up with like nine and a half hours sleep because I went to bed like 7.30 or something the day before, which was 
so it was obviously much needed. So my body was obviously trying to tell me, hey man, um, you need some sleep. So I got it. I got my sleep. I was wrapped. Um, so that was that. That brings us to Thursday. Then uh, what did I do Thursday? I did a run and had a ride. Then Friday I had a double. I did didn't have. I chose because pools are shut. I've been given the option of either doing ski erg intervals or a strength session, and I do not like. Um, I, I rephrase that. I do like ski erg intervals, but at the moment my mentally I just can't handle them I'm like I just can't be fucked sitting there on the ski erg for an hour like or more skiing pointlessly I just can't I just yeah just can't wrap my head around it so I I'm opting to do strength sessions instead so I woke up Friday morning I was like all right let's do some legs train legs did a bit of so what was it squat and vertical push pull so I did some squats pull-ups and lots of movements in that plane and then Friday afternoon, I was like, I don't really want to train, but I'm gonna. So I did some upper body. And boy, oh boy, my arms, like my biceps, especially, are just fucking cooked. Biceps and lats. So I was riding yesterday and my the first thing that blew up on my body wasn't my legs. It was my fucking biceps from Friday afternoon session. Ridiculous. Having a drink of water, sorry. Um... Yeah, bloody ridiculous. So, um, but good session. Good sessions to back the to finish off the week. Um, so speaking of yesterday's ride, that was it was actually a really good ride. So I started riding. I was like, all right, I'm gonna do. I had four hours. I was like, I'm just gonna hit King Lake four times and then come home, which would get me like maybe just over four hours. So I was on my way out there at six thirty in the morning. Started wanted to start early because I didn't want to get rained on and then on my way out there I ran into James and Das and then they were like hey come to the city with us and I was like all right cool I'm in you know I was happily changed my mind so we rode to St Kilda Beach from our our way which was return trip for me was about 108 so nearly 110 k's and I think those boys did like 120 something like that but it it was a solid ride it was a good day like going there was fucking so much fun we were just zooming along and then on the way back it was a different different ball game i think the wind picked up a bit um and i did not pack enough food for the ride so i bombed out a little bit on the way back probably got back uh, we probably had or i probably had half an hour left of my of where i needed to go to get back home and i was like i am toast i'm done like my body was like bro you got nothing like i would try and give i'd try and put in going up the hills and my body just had nothing to give so you know i felt that feeling a few times i felt that few feeling lots lots so i knew exactly what it was and i was like i'm just gonna have to you know cruise home on this one um and sorry yeah so i did i just cruised home thankfully those boys they didn't blow me off they just hung around like they went ahead and then waited for me so that was nice of them but made it back before the rain um and yeah good good ride and then later in that day I just fucking bombed out even further I think I was dehydrated too which is not a surprise with me I don't drink enough water either so I yeah I just had a mental I was just fucked I had a headache I felt like felt like shit um didn't eat enough didn't drink enough and then 
yeah, made fried rice for dinner. Great way to end the day. And then had brownie for dessert, which was delicious. Um, so, and then watch Kill Bill 2. Watch Kill Bill 1 Friday night and Kill Bill 2 last night. Quentin Tarantino. He nailed it. Anyway, then this morning was, I had a run planned to do and I was like, I don't really want to do that run. So I was like, I'm just going to do what I want. So I did. I caught up with Ben and we ran 15Ks um, with just the two of us. Then we jumped in. He, so he works at BodyFit Montmorency and they had a little little run crew. So there was a little group. We caught up with them and then I ran an extra, I, don't, I think we ran an extra 9Ks or something with them. So it ended up being around 25. 24, sorry. 24, pretty much exactly. Not, not around 25. I was giving myself extra Ks there. So I ran around 24Ks at pretty cruisy pace, which was delightful. We talked all the shit. Um, and froze our asses off once we stopped. But great session for the morning. Now, that brings me to the point, or not the point, another thing that happened this week. I made the call to pull out of Sunshine Coast Half Ironman. Um, it was just annoying me. He was giving me extra stress and extra pressure that I didn't need. Like, I've done my fucking big goal this year. I don't need to do another half iron man so close so i was like no nah, i'm transferring out i've transferred to melbourne in november the melbourne 70.3 especially like my main justification for it was firstly i can't swim at the moment which is like swimming takes a while to build it's probably the slowest of the three legs to build and it's the one you lose quickest so you don't swim for a week you've lost a lot you don't swim for two weeks you've lost fucking heaps you don't swim for three weeks, you're almost back to square one. So um, I was like, I don't need that bullshit. I don't need that negativity. So I pulled out, transferred, and now I'm doing Melbourne in November. So I don't have to stress about that, which is why at the moment or this week going forward, I suppose, my training, I have a training program to follow, but it is not strict. So I can kind of do what I want, change the things around, ride more, ride less, do what you know, run more, run less. I can do what I want. I can hit strength sessions when I need. I can take days off if I need. I don't have to put pressure on myself. And I'm very much looking forward to just enjoying my training at the moment because, yeah, you know, other shit's going on and I just want to enjoy it. I want it to be my, you know, my, my happy place, my, my enjoyment zone. So that's what it's going to be for the next until, I don't know, for the next however long until I need to ramp back up to hitting, um, hit, Melbourne, 70.3. But anyway, if I was to look at this week or if I was to look at what's going on at the moment in terms of lockdowns and stuff like that, I think it's so important that we just try and focus, put our focus on the things we can control. Like, yeah, it fucking sucks. And it's so frustrating being, you know, so out of, out of not being able to handle, not being able to control anything. We can't, let's face it. Like we can be as frustrated as we want, but we can't change shit. So I think it's it's so difficult being in that that position that and having that mindset. So I think what's so important for us is to just try and control what we can control, and then you know whatever happens outside of that is going to happen. Um, which is it's taken me, I won't lie, like this this lockdown's kind of got me got me rattled a bit, but it's taken me a little bit to realize that. So yeah, there's mental, there's a lot of mental uncertainty, there's a lot of uncertainty in general with what's going on at the moment, but. 
we've just got to focus on what we can control and try and stay on on top of the things that we you know we can and then that way when we come out of it we're gonna we are gonna have progressed even if it's a little bit we're gonna have progressed rather than you know letting shit slide and then feeling even worse when when things do open up so just try and try and stay on top of things and try and as hard as it is just try and stay positive um so last sunday i had a little so we've got a dog at home his name is axel he's a golden retriever poodle a grudel as you will we've also got another dog hudson who's a bit older he's probably hudson's probably five and axel's like less than a year so let's say nine months or something and he is just axel's a little ball of fucking energy so last sunday i had a double double run day and I opted to, I was like, I'm just going to do it at the track because it was a bunch of one, it was a, I'm just going to tell you the exact session, that way there's no confusion. So it was basically 2K warm-up, um, 3 by one k with 200 meter float. Yeah, so 2K warm-up, 200 meter cruise, then it was 3 by one k with 200 meter float, and then it was 2K cooldown or something like that. Ended up being 7K, so whatever 7Ks is. In, in those quantities and I decided I was like I'm gonna take him and run him run him into the fucking ground show him what's up and he did well I took him out for the 2k warm-up and then he was you know pretty pretty flat after that like he was pretty run out so I tied him up on the fence with a bowl of water and he could watch me watch me run around the track and then Hudson came back um, Caitlin took Hudson for a, a bit of a stroll as well then, yeah, when Hudson got back, she tied him up next to, next to Axel. And I was, you know, at, by the time I did a couple of laps or whatever, and I got I did my 3K of efforts and got to my cool down. I was like, all right, cool. I'll take Axel now. Um, went on time. And then, like, Hudson started getting all weird because he wanted to come too. And I was like, oh, my God, fine, whatever. So I got Caitlin to grab Hudson and walk him around the track while I ran with Axel. And we took off first and Caitlin took off second. And then by the time I looped back around to where we started, Axel had picked up Hudson's scent on the track and could smell him and was like, where is he? And started running very hard. And then he saw him across the other side of the track and just fucking bolted. This motherfucker was sprinting so fast. I was just trying to hang on for my life. So I thought I would run him into the ground and I was very wrong. He um he did well. He held himself, held himself up, held himself he was accountable I don't know not really he was just very, much better than I thought so I'd like to try and if if I don't have to run some you know stupid long distance I'd like to slowly build him up to a, to the 510k mark and see how he goes see how he goes with that that was that was lots of fun so if I have double run days he will make he'll make a feature he'll make an appearance yeah it's better he'll make an appearance for show um what else happened this week Oh, that's right. So, on Friday, I bought a crypto horse. Now, I don't know if any of you guys are in into the... the, the I'm sure some of you are into the crypto space. So, there's this... Do your research, trust me. I, list, I was listening to the Hamish and Andy podcast, and I got this from those guys. Um, I've been sitting on it for... I've been sitting on the decision for, like, probably two months... Maybe, yeah, two months, probably, around that mark. Anyway, they... Uh, I'm going to yawn. Oh. If you yawn too, that's hilarious. 
I just love how that works. Anyway, it's a crypto horse or an NFT, as you will. It's basically this platform where they have these algorithms that create horses with different attributes. And they've got a limited run of Genesis horses, which are the OGs, like the purebreds. And they're going to have a limited run of 32,000 of them. And within those 32,000, they can breed with each other and have offspring that are also horses that you can buy and race. And they all have their unique coding or unique genome that gives them different attributes to make them good at other run, like good at certain distances, sprints, whatever. And because they're on the blockchain, you can't replicate them. You can't duplicate them. You can't steal them. Like once you have that horse, it's yours. So you keep them like in a, I guess, in a wallet, in a crypto wallet, um, I think through MetaMask or something like that. Anyway, it's a wild universe out there. So I was like, I'm going to make, I'm going to just bite the bullet, jump in, buy one. It was like 300 bucks or something. And my thought process behind it was because there's such a bad light surrounding um, horse racing in general with, you know, what kind of happens behind the scenes one day I feel like crypto racing could be the thing because it's not fixed. It's not like that bullshit, you know, virtual racing you see at the TAB, which is just a load of crap. It's, you know, actual fucking... I feel like it's more legit. So I jumped jumped in, bought a horse, and, uh, well, let me tell you about that. Got a bit of a sore throat, a bit of a dry throat, I should say. Um, yeah, so I jumped in, got in a few races. I think I've done four or five so far and oh my God, it has come like fifth, sixth, seventh and eighth, not in the top three at all. So it's, um, yeah, I was like, oh man, of course though. So I don't know, I might, might, might have to look, do a bit more research and buy a better fucking horse than the one I got. But I'd, I'd, I'd like to, yeah, if I win a few, then I could breed it and then sell those offspring and make money but we'll see it was it's an interesting experiment anyway so i'll keep you guys updated on that how i go with old uh sergeant reckless bought it because of the name sounded cool um yeah so that has pretty much been my week so far i oh another thing um whoa i read it like two seconds ago i already forgot it how's that jeez uh, that's right. So, I listen to I listen to a fucking lot of podcasts, and I've listened to another Rogan one that I would recommend. It's with Abby Martin. Yeah, Abby Martin, and it's on like she's a journalist, and it's the main the main the main meat or the main tofu of the fucking podcast is about the um, dispute that's going on at the moment in Israel between Israel and. Palestine um, and it's like it just opens your eyes to a lot of shit that's going on that we don't even fucking know about over here we don't even get that shit. all we see on the news is fucking coronavirus this coronavirus that blah 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 whereas like I, I listened to it and I was like what the fuck like it's wild what is going on over there like essentially what is happening is Israel is pushing Palestine out so they they googled it on the show it was like a map of Palestine and Israel over the past 20 years or something and it just shows its progression so I'm going to google it now so I can tell you exactly what to look up yeah okay 
map of Palestine over time and you go to images, right? And you can see it just progressively gets smaller and smaller as Israel takes over more and more and more. Um, and it's wild. Like there's people over there, like people, like Israelis are literally just kicking Palestinians out of their homes and being like, yeah, so this is my house now. And you have like video footage of the, the Palestinians like, no, but I've like, this is my house. I fucking built this. I live here. And they're like, nah, if I don't take your house, someone else is going to take it. So I'm, I'm, I'm just going to take it. And the problem is there's no rules or there's no punishment for the Israelis. It's only the Palestinians that get punished. So it's, it's fucked. So like, it just goes to show how, how like disappointing media is these days. Like it doesn't, they don't fucking tell you the important stuff. They just spread this. They fear. They just spread fear or fear monger with all this fucking COVID shit instead of telling us the actual problems that are going on over overseas. Like that's fucking wild, absolutely wild. And she also touched on another wonderful point. Um, in that the like the biggest contributors to the I guess negative effects on the environment uh the fucking military specifically she used the example of the u.s military being like they all the chemicals they put in the mass production of stuff like all sorts of shit like the money they spend on like ocean liners do it blowing shit up in the fucking ocean the test runs the jets like the jet fuel all that kind of stuff that they they spend money on creates way more pollution than you know you or me being at home and drinking out of a plastic bottle or driving to work instead of riding to work. It's the fucking military that blow that shit way out, way more. Like, they just contribute way more than, than we think they do. Um, and no one really kind of accuses them of that. It's all, oh, big corporation this, big corporation that, you know. Oh, you've got to do this, you've got to make sure you do that. But no one really says the military needs to change the way they do things and you know, I listened to it and I was like, damn, she on or something. So if you want, I suggest you check that one out. Uh, Joe Rogan with Abby Martin. It was, it came out last week. So it's, it's still fresh, still at the top of the, uh, top of the run. Um, all right. I don't really know what the juice of this podcast is going to be today. I had, was going to drop the, the big topic that I've been teasing for, uh, for a while, but I think I'm going to drop that next week and I'll throw a bit of a teaser in at the end of this one about what it's going to be about just so, I don't know, maybe mainly just so I can soundbite it and throw it up to promote next week's podcast episode um, when I, at the end of the week, when, maybe maybe before I do the question question box so that people can throw some questions in related to the, that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, so I don't, I'm just kind of going off, the, going off the cuff today and taking a lot of sips of water as you can tell because I'm about to do that again. Yeah. Um, oh, how wild that guy that, you know, the media released have been punching a horse. I thought that was fucked. I, so I don't like to comment on political stuff because I just feel like it's a space where, you know, you, you set everyone's set in their ways and everyone's real argumentative and real aggressive about their opinion. But I'm going to give my opinion because this is my podcast. So what are you going to do about it? Nothing at all. So, yeah, I saw that. I saw the picture and I was like, fuck me. Like, what is this cunt doing? Wearing a free speech 
t-shirt punching a fucking horse at a riot or a a um what do you call it protest i just thought it was fucking ridiculous and then you see the video and he didn't actually punch the horse he kind of like shoved it and everyone's like he didn't punch the horse he just shoved it away and it's like oh that's not the fucking point that's not the fucking point it's still wrong like in my opinion all these protests do yes i don't like being locked up i don't like being told that you can't open businesses i don't like being told that you're locked in your fucking house but if you look at the way these protests if you look at what the way the government reacts to things if you protest and the cases jump by fucking 20 or 30 then what do you think's gonna happen they're gonna fucking lock you up again protesting and it at this time does fuck all why don't you keep that wait until things open up, and then protest, and you know what would happen, fucking 10 times the people would show up, because everyone would be like, yeah, the way they handled that was wrong, so we need to change that, we need to change things, doing it now is just gonna make their reaction, or make the way they handle things harsher, they're gonna turn, they're gonna turn up the fucking heat, because they need to send a message, and that's like, yeah, that's wrong, but so is going out there, fucking gathering in, what was it, like 15,000 people or something, like, this, this, as they say, this strand of fucking COVID spreads pretty quickly, so, like, yes, I understand, I get, I get why people protest, and I understand it, and it's, it's fair enough, but at the same time, like, I think there's a time and place for it, and I think right now is not the time, because I want things to open back up, and if, you know, I'm, speaking for Victoria at the moment, if this protest that happened on the weekend causes the cases to jump and shit has to stay locked down for another fucking two weeks, I'm blaming every single one of you fuckwits who went and protested because it's your fault, not mine, not anyone else's. You're out there saying that you're voicing, you're the voice of the people that are being, you know, locked in at home, but are you really, if you're going out there increasing the fucking lockdown? No. So that's my opinion. And I guess if you don't like that, then you're entitled to your own fucking opinion. So, nothing I can do about it. Anyway, I got that off my chest. That was a... Jeez, that was a bit of a rant there, wasn't it? Fuck. Anyway, if you're still listening, um, there was a topic. I did. Re- I received a message from a gentleman by the name of Patrick uh, with some questions. With a specific question. He was the one who suggested that Ripper name... Um, that I've already forgotten again, (laughs) fuck bro, sort your shit out, the mindset manifesto, he was the one who suggested that, and it was basically tips on pulling yourself out, or tips on damage, basically damage control when you're in the shit, when like the shit hits the fan and nothing's going your way, how the fuck do you pull yourself out, so basically if, my example on Saturday, if I hit the wall, at four hours and I still had to ride another two hours, not hit the wall at three and a half hours and only had half an hour to go. So the way I've been in for the way I've been told and the way I've kind of handled this thing is I'll use two examples. So I'll use two bays and then I'll use my Ironman because I hit the same place in both of them. So firstly, two bays. This was a couple of years ago. This was 2020, start of 2020. And I did hit a place where I was like, what the fuck? Like I couldn't feel my my feet were in, I was just in a horrible state uh, physically. Um, and I think nutrition wise too, I didn't 
ate as nearly as much as I should have and I didn't drink enough um enough stuff either so I was I was pretty fucked up and I didn't really have much experience in being in that place because a lot of the shit I'd done prior to that was um the only time I really probably felt that was the um the ride the 16 hour ride we did I did with Ben in like September or something anyway not the point um so yeah I felt that it was probably I still had probably two two and a half three hours left in that run maybe it was two two hours um and I was like I'm I'm fucked but the only way I'm going to get through the only way I'm going to finish this and be able to stop being fucked up is to keep running and finish it and I just kind of I go I don't know you go into a zombie state and I just tried to keep drinking my fuel and keep putting one foot in front of the other and I was like I'm not walking I was very stubborn on the fact I'm not going to walk until I get to less than 10k's to go or less, I think it was like five, I think, yeah, I'm not going to walk until, that's right, I was like, I'm not going to walk until I get to 15Ks to go, because I was like, that's a Sunday run day, back then, Ben and I used to run 15Ks every Sunday, and I was like, 15Ks is a Sunday run day, I know I can do that, I've just got to get there, and then I can take a little walk break, and then we'll, then I'll start running, and I will finish this, you know, in no time, and I got to the 15Ks left, I didn't, I don't know if I got there, but, because my watch was fucking up, so I got, to around what I thought was 15Ks left. And I was like, I'm just going to keep going to 10. Got to 10 and I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to keep keep going to five. And then I, I, I got to, almost got to five. And then there was this hill that was real sandy. And I was like, I'll walk up this hill. And walked up the hill, got to the other side and kept running. And I don't know, I just kind of tricked myself into getting through it. And I honestly think I fluked it. Like if it was any longer than it was, I would have been in a, in a bit of fucking strife. Like I probably would have fucking... It would have taken me a hell of a lot longer because I wouldn't have had the mental fortitude to say, all right, you've only got this long left. Um, you can suck it up and you can pull through. So now I'm going to use the example of my Ironman. I hit this stage with like within the first six Ks of my run and knowing I've still got, I don't know how long it was. So obviously 42, what, what 42 minus six, 30, 36 Ks. So knowing I still had 36 Ks was, um, was rough. Like that was mentally, that was hard. And my solution to that was not the same. It wasn't just, all right, grit your teeth and get through it. It was, all right, how am I going to make sure that I actually finish this fucking race with a respectable time and not having to, you know, DNF or walk to the finish and blow everything out of proportion? And that was, my approach to that was more methodical and well thought out. So I knew that, Averaging six minute Ks would get me around four hours, I think 4.15 or something like that. And I started blowing up at the six or 10K mark, like my heart, heart rate, my feet, everything was hurting. Oh boy, everything was hurting. So my approach to that was, okay, I need to make sure I am on top of my hydration. I need to get something when I go through every aid station. Um, I need to have a gel every you know, 90 minutes-ish and I need to try and steady my heart rate and steady the flow and that's where I was like, all right, if I run a K and then walk 50 to 100 meters, run a K, walk 50 to 100 and if I keep repeating that, I will get there eventually and that ended up coming down to walk 500, walk, uh, run 500, walk 50 and I just stuck to that plan. I was like, this will work and I got myself back to the point where I could run a K walk 100 meters or walk 50 meters 
and I, I stuck to that. I was like, this is what I have to do to finish this race. And I kind of thought through the process of, I guess, getting there, um, I, I guess, in a, in a clever way, in a, in a well, well thought out, well planned way. But in terms of damage control, if you're really far gone, it's, it's fucking hard, but you need to just try and you need to focus on, I guess, in the future, you need to focus on an hour. Like if you're, if you've bonked or bombed out hard, you need to think 45 minutes, an hour in the future. You can't think like you need to plan ahead. So you need to say, all right, I need to take on board a lot of sugar, a lot of, I need to take some shit. Like I need to get stuff in me so that in half an hour, I'll start feeling more like myself because you have to you have to understand that the next 30 minutes or the next 40 minutes are going to fucking suck, especially if you're in it. So if you're in it for six hours and you bomb out the three-hour mark, from three to four hours is going to be shit. But if you get on top of it, like if you've bombed at the three-hour and you start fueling and getting stuff in to try and replenish what you've lost, you're never going to be back to 100%, but you can get yourself to the point where you can keep moving and feel better but it's going to take half an hour for that to take effect. So you need to get on it as soon as you fucking can and start to pull yourself back. A lot of people make that mistake of, I make that mistake, not as well, is not fueling early enough in a ride. Like if you've got a long ride or a long run, you need to get onto shit straight away within the first hour. You need to start popping, you know, having gels or having some fruit, electrolytes. You need to be consuming shit within that first hour because it's going to get you later on you can't wait until you're thirsty or you can't wait until you're hungry because then it's too late you've let it go that you've let it go so i that's where i fucked up on the weekend i like i don't drink enough at the moment too because i'm not mentally you know focused on racing and stuff like that i'm just going out there enjoying my ride four hours is like it's a long time yeah but oh sorry in my head i'm like i'll be fine i can wing four hours but I can't, that's not the way it goes, especially if you're riding into a fucking headwind for two hours, so, you've got to, you, you've just got to plan, plan ahead, and you've got to have a, have a backup plan, and my backup plan is strip everything down, keep it simple, get in what you can, to try and get yourself right within the next half an hour, an hour and just keep stuff simple and keep rolling, keep moving forward. That's the biggest thing. So yeah, just keep keep moving um, and replenish those stores. It depends what it is too. Like if you've bonked energy-wise, then get fuel in and then let it settle and you'll eventually feel better. But if you started to cramp and stuff like that, that's a bit more complicated. Um Salt tablets are good, but yeah, then again, once the cramps set in, then like <laughs> you're in for a fucking shit day. And I guess another way to get better at it is if you're in those situations more often, you're going to know how to handle them. Uh, don't go out and put yourself in those situations because it's not fun and they're not, it's not always like it's not, not a safe way to do things. But at the same time, you learn, like the more you're in those situations, you learn how to handle them and you learn that you can come out the other side. You just got to, Sorry, you've just got to fuck put your head down and keep moving, I suppose. Anyway, um, there was there was a mini topic, I suppose, I wanted to touch on this week. Um, it was the thought of don't rush progress, don't rush things. Like I know Ben and I always talk about this all the fucking time, and it's 
like we always look back on where we were the year before and every year we've looked back on where we were the year before and we've come so fucking far we've learned so many different new things and we've taken leaps and bounds into understanding different concepts and different training principles and stuff like that and how to go about different things every year we we get better and better at it it's it's wild so i i I love i I just love the concept of you know never what is it they like you never you never stop learning so you need to be you need to be patient with your learning you need to be patient with your progress and each year i highly recommend looking back on how you've come how far you've come fuck doing the what do they call it at the end of the year new year's resolutions fuck doing new year's resolutions look back on how far you've come on the previous year and give yourself a pat on the back and then do the same for the year that's coming up just improve put yourself in situations because you always learn from being in situations hard being in challenging situations i should say put yourself in challenging situations and you will fucking learn heaps like this year i've learned so much just from my my training just from doing my own man like i look back on where i was last year and fucking hell i keep yawning sorry yeah fucking hell last year bro i've come so far this year um not just from a i think from more from a training maturity perspective like i've learned this year the value of rest and recovery and the value of sensible training and planned training, not just doing whatever the fuck you want, whenever you want. And I've learned how, I've learned how, I guess, fatigue can be in a lot of different forms and it can come in different ways, like physically, mentally, all sorts of different aspects. It, it can hit you. And I think doing my, doing my Ironman, has, it, it taught me all those things. And now too, like I'm learning the mental fatigue of it all. Like I just don't have that. I just, if I'm tired at the moment, or maybe not now, but a few weeks ago, if I was really tired, like really struggling at a set, I would just be like, fuck it. Like, I don't have to push this hard. It doesn't matter. Like, I let it go. Like, I don't have to hit the target. It's not really that important. Whereas, I think this week just gone, I kind of got a bit of that savagery back. I was like, if there was a... So, I'll use the example, prime example. Let me just take a drink of water again. Sorry. What am I talking about? I don't need to apologize to you guys. You're listening because you like listening. Also, thank you to everyone who's listening. Fucking hell, you guys are guys are fucking champions. Keep sharing with your mates. Um, the, the the listens or the downloads, uh, podcasting lingo, are going up, which is very nice. I really appreciate it. Yeah, so if you think any of your mates would like to listen or like the concepts I touch on, then please share. Um I don't know what I was talking about before because my brain just blanked out. Wild. Oh man, I wish I could fucking remember. I had a good, I had a good, uh, good nugget of information that um, that was that was there. What were we talking about? What was I talking about? I was talking about progress and learning, and coming really far in life, wasn't I? And then I learnt a lot from my Ironman about resting mental. That's right. So the example. Oh, I was going to use to demonstrate how I've got my mental savagery back was at the start of last week, I had a, a set on my, on the trainer that was three, uh, it was three or four, no, it was three, uh, three minute, no, it was four, three minute intervals at four, no, 
not 400 watts, you fucking high. No way. Um, 335 watts, two minutes recovery in between. And that fucking sucked. I barely made it through that. And then on the Friday, or the Thursday, I should say, I had the same, but it was five-minute blocks at the same wattage. And I was like, there is no fucking way I'm going to be able to do this. I struggled with the two, the three-minute blocks. How the fuck am I going to do five? Anyway, we got there and did the first one. It sucked. Um, then did the second one. It hurt at the, the three-minute mark. I was like, I don't know how the fuck I'm going to get two minutes out. Got it. And then I got to the last one. I was like, fuck, well, I'm not letting this one go. It's the last one. And I got it. And I was like, all right. So, obviously, we're back in that department. Like, I've got the the capacity to push now. I've got the capacity to push that extra um, extra 10, 20% that I didn't have before. So, it's nice to have that back. I just don't have the capacity for the fucking skier at the moment. But yeah, going back to not rushing, not rushing progress. You you don't want to, like, yes, you want to. You everyone wants to get to the end goal. Everyone wants to rush there and get to the end goal. But unless you enjoy the journey, enjoy the ride. I actually spoke about about this not in this context, but something similar to with my coach last night. Like I enjoy training. I really do. I it's not. I don't do. I don't do Ironman races because I want to be a professional Ironman. I don't do that. I do it because I want to do it. It's fun. Like triathlons are fun. I enjoy the training. I enjoy every aspect of it. So for me, if I was just to have a program and follow the program and train for the rest of my life, I would be fucking happy. Races are fun. Training is fun. So I suppose for me to rush to the end goal would mean I would miss out on all those fun training rides, all those fun swims with mates, all those fun runs, like everything. I'd miss all of that, which is fucking preposterous. Preposterous? Preposterous. That's a fun word to say. Oh, I heard this word. I've heard this word get said a lot lately and it's like, I love it. It's my favorite word. It's nefarious. How fucking fun is nefarious to say? It's the best. Anyway, Going back to what I was talking about, um, yeah, you miss out on all the fun shit, the stuff in between. If I was just a skip to fucking races, that would be shit out. So, you got to enjoy the process. And in that process is ticking off all the small little boxes, the, all the goals that seem insignificant that can actually be better. A prime example is me drinking water. If I could tick off three liters of water a day, each day, every day, then it would become habitual and then... To the point where it would stop me from being, I would recover better. I would get back to being, I'd get back to being able to, you know, function at 100% quicker than I would if I, if I drank as much as I do now, which is fuck all. Well, not during this episode though. How about that? I'm about to take another sip. Fuck. Try not to gulp on a mic too, because that's ugh, horrible. Anyway. So yeah, it's the little goals. Like if you set little goals for yourself on a daily basis, tick them all off, then you look back at the end of the year, you'll be like, holy shit, I achieved something fantastic. But if you just blow those little goals off because you're like, what's the purpose of them? You'll get to the end of the year and you'll be like, fuck, if only I had done this, you know, each day, every day or each week, every week, I'd be in a much better position than I am now. So keep that in mind, please, because it's, it's important. It's the little things. It's not always the big things. Um, Benny did Ben Benjamino did make a good a good suggestion. He's like, you should create a whoop group, a whoop group, 
sounds fun, a whoop group for towing the line listeners. And I think that would actually be pretty cool. Um, so if any of you guys has have a whoop, I'll probably make a whoop group, whoop team, and we can all join and suss it out and see how many of us there are. It's, it's probably, it'll probably just end up being me and Ben, which would be fun because then we would have good competition. Um, but yeah, so that's something that's, you know, in the pipeline, I suppose. I'm just going to run through my notes, hey, and see if I've ticked everything important off. I had a big list of notes, but I didn't really have a podcast. As I said, I didn't really have a podcast um, genre or message. I didn't really have a clear podcast message today. I do plan on touching. I'll wait till a little bit later in the episode, but I'll touch briefly on what I'm going to talk about next week because it's a big freaking um, big fu- why did I say freaking I'm swearing like a piece of shit this whole episode and all of a sudden I decide to do throw in a freaking Jesus all right so I'm gonna sorry I feel like I wasn't talking to the mic there I'm gonna answer some questions now actually because I feel like there was a lot of good ones today a lot of not a lot of good ones today a lot of good ones the other day but I'm gonna read them out today so I suppose they will be asked today. Anyway, moving on. Do you guys ever love l- looking back on memories on Facebook? I look back all the time and I see like the exercises I used to do. Uh, sorry, Instagram. The exercises I used to do, the workouts I used to do and like my form on some of them. And I'm like, oh, bro, what the fuck were you doing? It's, um, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, boy. Not very happy. Not very nice. Anyway, it's one of my fun pastimes. So, I'm going to go back to question one. It is any points of advice for someone training for their first marathon endurance event? Yes, I do have a few points. One of the biggest points of advice I can I can give you for that kind of stuff is um, don't set any time goals. Don't set any, like, just aim to finish. Go out there with the intention of finishing because... Like a marathon is a is a long it's a long fucking day. You have to so the biggest one is just your goal is to finish that race. That's it, nothing else. And then other tips or pointers would be or things to keep in mind is you're gonna have to like you have to understand that it's a long fucking day, and even the best fittest athletes struggle. At, at stages in the race, like you are going to go, it's a roller coaster of emotions. I actually spoke about this this morning with a couple of people while running. It's not ever just oh, great, happy days all the way. Like it's a roller coaster. So you're going to be, you're going to have good times, you're going to have fucking great times, and then you're going to have absolute ratchet times where you are feeling like you are going to die. It's probably a bit of an exaggeration. You, you won't feel like you're going to die, but it's going to suck. It's not going to feel great. So, but the positive to that is if once when you go down and you feel that way, you're always going to bounce back up and you have to remember that. And it's like it's hard at the time, like when you're feeling like, holy shit, this my, my body feels like it's going to fucking stop. Just don't stop. Keep going because in five or ten minutes time, you're going to feel great again. You won't feel as good as you did at the start, but you're going to feel much better than you did when you were in the, in the hole and it'll just keep repeating. That roller coaster keeps repeating until you finish, which you will, because you've, you've got it, it's just, 
it, it's a it's a it's a mental game. You have to understand that. Yeah, all right, you're gonna hurt. It's gonna be painful, but you're gonna get to the other end. And when you do, you'll be so fucking wrapped because you've just run your marathon, which is a huge achievement. Fucking hell! Like I remember when I finished my first marathon, well, my first and only pure marathon. That fucking sucked at that during, the, especially the last. It was probably around the 36, 36k mark. Yeah, it hurt a lot. My feet were killing me. I had blisters. And I was like, I don't know how the fuck I'm going to do this, but I knew I was going to finish it. I just tried to block out the pain. I was like, it'll get better. It'll get better. And it did. The last two Ks were, were great and then finished. So, yeah. Main point of advice is just aim to finish. Don't be afraid to fucking walk. Don't be afraid. Because like I said, if you hold six-minute Ks or around that mark for a marathon, that gets you around four hours, which is bloody fantastic. So if you can run, walk, and still average around that that much, then you've fucking killed it. So yeah, don't be afraid to walk, and I guess be prepared mentally for the fact that you're gonna fa- you're gonna face some dark stages, but you're also gonna have some killer fun times at the same at the same time. So don't don't stress too much about it. What is my favorite food? Well, I guess at the moment my favorite. At the moment, I've been smashing fucking falafels, eh? Caitlin and I are actually going to have them for dinner as well. Falafel wraps. Just, you know, pita bread with a falafel. You get the falafels from Woolies. I can't remember the brand, but they come in like a a red um, tub. And they are fucking awesome. Just bang them in the air fryer. Put a bit of hummus on on the pita bread. Throw the falafel in. A bit of lettuce. A bit of fucking onion. And you're good to go. They're amazing at the moment. So, that's probably my favorite show. Fave TB show. I'm assuming you meant TV show, but I'm going to answer your question. Fave TB show is, what is it? What even is TB? To be advised? No, so fave TV show, well, that's a very complicated question because there's a lot. So I'm going to go with at the moment. My So my favorite all time, I'm not going to go with at the moment, I'm going to go with all time. So my favorite anime all time obviously Dragon Ball that takes the cake on everything so you can't I can't count that as an answer because it's going to win every argument that I have but my favorite TV show of all time actually Seinfeld that's one of the ones I can rewatch over and over and over again and it never gets old I love it it's hilarious the jokes are still relevant so yeah probably Seinfeld but at the moment I'm where I just finished watching Loki with Caitlin and holy fuck. I don't know if any of you guys are into the Marvel Marvel shit, but their TV shows, the production value on those bad boys, holy fuck. It's, ama- it's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. And Mandalorian too, to be honest. The production value on that is uh, through the roof too. So if you're a Star Wars buff, Mando is great as well. Um, most hated slash loves exercise. I'm going to answer that in two different ways. So, the, mo- the most, my most loved hated exercise at the same time is Bulgarian split squats. They are all front rack, front rack walking lunges are probably my most love hated exercise because they, I know they're so beneficial for you. They do so much, but they fucking suck. So, they're probably been my most probably my most love-hated um, exercises and then if I was to go my most loved exercise as in favorite fun 
delicious, awesome exercise to do, it would be bicep curls. No, I'm kidding. I, I, I've actually loving the feeling of squats at the moment. Like I've squats have been really shit for me for a long time, and I've the past two years I've put in a bit of work. Like I figured out low bar squatting is better for me, and they're starting to feel really good. They feel strong, stable, and it's a fun movement. So I probably love love squats and love GHD sit-ups because GHD sit-ups just make you feel sick. And then my most hated exercise in terms of everything, overhead press. I hate it so much. Standard military overhead press. Standing military overhead press. I fucking hate it. I'm weak in my shoulders and I just don't like don't like it at all. So that's probably my most hated exercise. If turtles were frogs, would they still sell hummus at the fish and chip shop? Well, if turtles were frogs, that means there would be a fucking heap of turtles and would would they jump? Would the turtles jump? If the turtles would jump, that would be weird, man. That means like you could have so that means they would be, they would come from tadpoles as well. Does that mean like that halfway through the process the tadpole would have a shell and then it would slowly grow into a turtle that would jump? That actually kind of makes sense though if turtles were frogs because I feel like a turtle if you saw a tadpole and it was and that someone was like this tadpole will turn into this turtle, I feel like that would make more sense because their heads kind of look like tadpoles and their tails kind of look like tadpoles as well. So I feel like honestly, I feel like Turtles should have been frogs because it makes more sense I would come from a tadpole. And as for the milk bar selling hummus, I feel like I've tried to... No, the fish and chip shop. I wish the fish and chip shop sold hummus. Love hum, love having hummus on everything. So it would be great to have on chips at the fish and chip shop. But I don't know if they would still sell it if turtles were frogs because they don't sell it now. So maybe they would sell it if the turtles were frogs then the fish and chip shop would sell hummus. Anyway, I feel like that question was put in there to fucking throw me off. But little do you know, my brain works that way. So, ha. Oh, here we go. Favorite go-to verd. Favorite go-to verds. Favorite go-to vegan foods when out. Or go-to Uber Eats order or top five foods. All right. There's a lot to unpack here. So, buckle in. Um, Favorite vegan foods went out so when i'm out I, I, I always lead towards a fucking nice vegan burger eh? vegan burger and some chips i'll always lean towards that they are my my favorite and pizza which is weird because they're not really that complicated to make those things but they are my they're my favorite and i'm a big fan of like i don't know kfs the kentucky fried cauliflower is amazing too and we did have oh there were these these chicken, these chicken, or vegan chicken skewers at Brother Bon in Northcote actually does rip up chicken skewers, and they do like a, a fried Mongolian, um, Mongolian beef or Mongolian duck, and it's fucking amazing. The taste of it, oh, it's it's all in the sauce, and I fucking love that. So that's probably my answer for that. Um, but I, I, you know, I'm a big fan of having burgers, so. Burgers are always my, my go-to when I go out in most places. Um, otherwise, like some form of faux chicken because that usually... I mean, it's never healthy, but it's delicious. So, yeah, go to Uber Eats order. I don't really order Uber Eats because um, I live in the middle of fucking nowhere. So, can't really get it delivered. But 
if I was to order Uber Eats, it would be a fucking burger from Grilled, probably, with some chips. And then top five foods. Let's go burger. Burgers. I don't know if chips count. I'm going to... Chips can be a fucking food. Burgers, chips, um, vegan satay skewers, chicken satay skewers, vegan... We had these... This these vegan Peking duck um, bao buns, and they were amazing too. So, them, and then, ooh, did I say pizza? Pizza, done, boom, five, nailed it. All right, which indoor cardio machine do you find hardest and why? So, it depends on what I'm doing, but honestly, the fucking, um, I'm a good rower, I'm a good skier, because I'm tall, i got long arms, and I can put my weight behind it. Um, in like my trainer, I could count that as an indoor, but that's like, I do enjoy that. I do long training sessions on that and I I don't find it as hard as I would. (sighs) Oh, I'm just yawning like a motherfucker today. I don't find it as hard as I would the, um, assault bike. So the assault bike for me is fucking worst. It's the best, but it's the worst. Like, I don't know, it's, the principle is the harder you fucking push into that thing, the harder it gives back, and it doesn't matter, so if you're doing a 20 second interval, if you cruise for 20 seconds, it sucks, it sucks just as much as if you were to go all out for 20 seconds, so there's no winning, you never win with the assault bike, you always lose, so the assault bike is my, the indoor cardio equipment that I find the hardest, for sure, fuck me, it just kills you, it just sucks, and there was something I listened to something or read something about it being so difficult because you're using your arms and your legs at the same time. So your body doesn't really know where to send the blood. It's just, I don't know, it confuses it. And then you can't get oxygen in because you're using the top and bottom half of your body and it fucks you up. So that, 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 yeah, it's the assault bike. No, no thanks. Um, how the fuck does one really go about finding the right running shoes? <laughs> yeah. So that one's, the fucking worst, um, to be honest, it's taken me a long time to kind of find a nice pair of running shoes, at the moment, I'm running in the Nike Infinity Reacts, um, and I fluked that by getting, I actually got sent a, sent a pair by, by Rebel Sport to do a bit of um, Instagram ad work with them, and they, uh, yeah, fluked it, so I got given them, and they were really nice, and I've been running in them since, so before that, I was riding in the Hocker's Hocker Clifton Six, Hocker Ona Ones, um, they're Clifton Sixes, and then yeah, it's like it's so fucking hard. You have to. It's literally trial and error, man. That's that's what it is. I've heard good things about Saucony, like Saucony Hocker. Um, there's another one in there, Brooks and Mizuno. I know Asics as well are good, but then it gets, it's fucking trial and error, that's that's really all it is, I know we've got, I haven't been, I'm going to go before I buy another pair of shoes, but we've got a place out here in, in Melbourne called The Running Company, and they will actually give you a pair of shoes, throw you on a treadmill, and look at you run, and see your gait, because some shoes make you roll in, some shoes make you roll out, some shoes obviously are perfect, so it's it's so difficult to actually find the right pair, but I know trial and error always works, but the only thing with trial and error is it's fucking expensive. So if there's a place like the running company where you can actually go, try the shoes on, run, and have video footage of yourself running on a treadmill to see what how the shoe responds with your feet, 
that that's great. But I know for me, I struggled a long time because I with I struggled for a long time because I had weak feet, and I relied on inserts. Um, after I did my ankle, I rushed my recovery to get back, and that fucked my foot um, in terms of its strength. So I had flat feet, and I didn't really have much strength in there. And since buying flatter shoes, like I used, I wore my Nano Reebok Nanos for ages, and they were flat. And they did a lot for my feet, flat and wide, and they did a lot for strengthening my feet. And now I'm obviously in my Vivos. The um, I feel like my feet are stronger, and that means I have a bit more play with what shoes I wear. But seriously, if you can find a place like the Running Company where they will let you put shoes on, run on them, and tell you, give you feedback on that, then fucking go, please, because that that that'll save you a lot of time and a lot of money. Because it it is, it's just a trial and error thing, and it's fucking it's rough. It's rough out there, man. Um, do you run and cycle in vivos too? So the answer to that is I do not. Um, I would like to run. I don't know if I would do my. I wouldn't run full. Do my full runs in my vivos. I would like to start doing. I think I read something that you only really need to do 800 meters, um, maybe once or twice a week, to actually get a good benefit of barefoot running. So. I would probably try and I want I want to try and introduce that into maybe as a cool down when my feet are fatigued, so that they, like I guess, are fully vulnerable to the stimulus of running barefoot, and that's what I would adapt to, that strength in the feet. So I would like to you know introduce that as maybe a cool down or something like that. Um, but no, I do not run in my vivos and cycling. I wear the cleats, so I clip in. Um, so I don't cycle in my my vivos either. I just find when I'm training, like I want to train in what I'm going to race in most of the time. And um, yeah, they my cycling shoes do cramp my feet a bit and my runners, not so much, but like I just, yeah, I suck it up. I'm wearing my Vivos, you know, 90% of the time, unless it's a Saturday, in which case I'm wearing my fucking cycling shoes most of the day. But, you know, I try and sit in my, live in my Vivos for the most of the time. And then when I'm training, not so much. Do do a bit of strength work in them though, because um, they're good for that. And last, lucky last question, favorite mobility recovery stretch exercises. So my favorite above all else is the couch stretch. That's my fucking favorite. It's where you put your, there was actually a, an Instagram reel going around of, uh, I think it was a nurse putting his hip or his knee up against the wall and his foot up against the wall and it's a good back stretch for you or a good stretch for your hips stops back pain um that's my favorite exercise or favorite stretch i do it so that's one of my stretches i will do religiously when i finish my runs and rides and stuff because it's great for opening my hips back up um as well as a glute stretch they're my two favorite stretches and then i will also do like a walking hamstring stretch um, I did that today after finishing the run and oh, it was, it was wonderful. My hamstrings were so tight. And then obviously you reach, you walk, touch your toes, walk, touch your toes and kind of opens everything up. So the, but my favorite is the couch stretch. That's number one. Um, number two for a warm up would be, is it the pigeon stretch? Is that the one where you kind of like step out, step out? So you put your hands on the floor like you're going to do a push-up and then you step out wide on one of the hands and then you kind of... So just say I'll step my right leg out, then I'll leave my left leg on the... my left hand on the floor and bring my 
left knee to the floor and then I'll kind of touch the floor with my right elbow and then open up towards the ceiling with my right elbow and then come back down. I think that's the pigeon stretch. That's one of my favorite. I do that for a warm-up um, before I before I do anything. So that's probably a more of a mobility mobility stretch. And then if I was to pick an exercise that I think is super, super, super good in terms of mobility, strength and stuff like that. Um, let's Let's say... No weight, Bulgarian split squats, but super strict and tempo. Like touch the floor with your knee and then stop for a second and then lift up. That's their killer. Like they're great for your glutes and building strength in areas that would get neglected if you just blast and throw them. So yeah, that's all the questions I got this week. Um, I'm not going to wrap up yet because I'm going to dive into something a little more serious. Um... But yeah, I, so, I'll, yeah, okay, cool. So, next week's episode, the big one, the big, the one you've all been waiting for, the moment you guys have all been waiting for, episode, it'll be episode seven, this is episode six, yeah, so episode seven is going to be, so, let's let's set the scene for it, all right, guys? So, back in, so, I've, I've been through... I've been through a lot of stuff. My family's been through a few few things. And back when I finished school, it would have been around... So, I finished school in 2013. It would This probably occurred from 2014, maybe in 2013. I can't remember. But I developed a bit of a, a bit of an eating disorder, a bit of an unhealthy relationship with food. And it was pretty serious. I'm not going to go into the depth. I'm not going to go into depth with it now. That's, what's ne- that's what next week's episode is going to be about. And if this kind of stuff, I'm just giving you a heads up. If this talk, listening to things about this or hearing, like it's going to be pretty fucking graphic and, you know, uncomfortable to listen to probably. But if you're uncomfortable with shit like that and you don't like hearing about it, then please do not listen to next week's episode. Um, I'll probably put a warning at the start, like I'll give you guys a heads up, but because I'll probably chat a bit of shit first. But if you're uncomfortable, uncomfortable with that kind of stuff, then please do not listen because it will, yeah, it's going to, it'll turn a, turn a lot of heads, I think. I heard, I used that saying wrong. Um, I heard Joe Rogan say something. I thought it was very funny. He called, so he was talking about um, a show going, like going off, like it was, it was off its head and he used the term shithouse. He's like, oh yeah, it was fucking, it was, it was, it was going shithouse. And I was like, in Australia, that shit house means like that was just fucking dog shit. Like that sucked. So I thought it was quite. I was like, it's quite funny how different terms or different sayings mean different things in different places. Anyway, going back to what I was talking about just then. So it probably yeah in twenty third twenty fourteen twenty thirteen it started, and it progressively got worse. Um, over it it went until like I struggled with this. 2013, say 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. So probably five or six years. Uh, didn't finish until midway through 2019. Um, towards the start, at the start of 2019, it was probably the worst it was ever, um, which was not great. And through this time, I was doing a lot of, like I achieved a lot of cool things during this time. Like I, you know, ticked off a lot of cool events. I was probably appeared to be in the best shape of my life. Um, a lot of people would have seen me and said, fuck man, you're like, you're in really good shape. You're doing really well. 
and you're, you're really healthy and all stuff like that. And yeah, great. That's what it appeared. But the truth was not that. And a lot of, I guess a lot of people are probably coming out at the moment with revealing that they've struggled with issues like this, like struggled with eating disorders. And I have wanted to talk about it for a very long time. And I just haven't. The only other person in the only other, there's only two people that know about this in the entire fucking world. One of them's me and the other one's Caitlin. No one else knows about these. No one else has heard. No one else, not even my family knows about this. So if any of them listen to this podcast, they're going to know. Um, so yeah, I've never told anyone. It's been a deep, dark secret of mine. Um, struggled with it for a long time. I have referred to those years as the dark years. The dark years where I suffered in silence for... It was... Yeah, it was fucking... It was shit house. Like my... um, Using that term again. Yeah, it was... um, Wasn't a pleasant experience. Wasn't something I would wish anyone to go through. But I... Yeah, I wanted to talk about it because I told when I told Caitlin, oh, it would have been when we first around when we first started going out. So it's end of 2019 or something like that. Because yeah, I struggled with this until mid 2019, and since then I've you know I've come a long way, come a massive way. And I was like, I really wanted to talk about it, and I was like, no, I need to do my Ironman first, and then the thought of maybe doing a podcast about it. I was going to initially do an Instagram live and I was like, oh, not an Instagram live, like an IGTV series. And I was like, nah, if I launch a podcast then I can talk about it on the podcast because it'll give me a longer time frame to actually discuss it and go into things and open up about it. So that is what next week's episode will be about. Um, I'm going to do, yeah, so let's just do a little bit of a teaser. Eh? You guys can say it with me, say it with your chest. So on next week, next week's episode, I will be going into uh, into a bit of depth with my struggles with a bit of an eating disorder I had for probably five or six years, between 2013, 2014, and 2019. Um, was not a fun phase of my life. I appeared to be healthy when I wasn't. So if you want to hear about that, tune in to Towing the Line next week um, for that for that one that Ripper episode. Um, yeah, so that was a bit of a, bit of a soundbite. I'll chunk that one out later, um, so that I can use that, uh, to, uh, promote this motherfucker. I'll promote next week's episode, um, to try and get people to listen. Um, and I, I really like what I want to do with this. I want to be open, want to, you know, share shit with you guys. And I want to get it off my chest. I want to say the stuff that I've been sitting on for a long time. And that's one of them. That's probably the biggest thing. So the dark years, the suffering in silence will end next next week on next week's episode. As for this week's episode, I think I'm going to wrap it up. What are we at? An hour and 10 minutes, almost an hour and 11. Um, yeah, so today I came in. I don't even know what I'm going to call today's episode. It's just been a bunch of fucking everything. Um, maybe I'll, I'll do a bit of clickbait and talk it. Oh, I don't even know. Anyway, I'll figure that out after. It's not for you guys to worry about. You will see the title when you're listening to it. Um, yeah, that's that's all I got for this week. I just went off the cuff and it actually worked out not too bad. So maybe I'll do a couple of these episodes in the coming weeks. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please share with with your mates. Um, comment or not comment. 
yeah, follow give us a follow on Instagram if you can. Um, leave a leave a comment on Apple Podcasts. And yeah, as I said, please share with your mates. Like, I if if you think they would enjoy it, obviously. If you don't think they would enjoy it, then don't share it with them. It's very simple. Um, yeah, I really appreciate the support, and this is definitely something I'm gonna gonna continue doing because I love the freedom of it all. Um, yeah, so I hope you guys have a wonderful fucking week. I will this this episode will obviously be live on Sunday. So if you listen to it as soon as it comes out, then well done. Uh, if not. You know, enjoy your enjoy your day at work. Enjoy your enjoy your week. Enjoy your training, and I will speak to you next week. <laughs>